everyone. I'm Sandra Ingerman, and welcome to the Shaman's Cave. And I'm Renee Barbo, and we are happy to be here with you with a very important topic. And this week, I started taking a writing accountability group, and I was very excited about it because I really want to. I really want to be writing this year, and yet there's. You know, there's something between me and the actual writing that's going on, and I think it's it's called ruminating and germinating. But that aside, I was very aware of, I set two hours aside for myself on Thursday mornings, and I have a full-time job, but I set my schedule. It's like my phone blew up during this writing course. Like I must have gotten 10 or 15 texts, my email, which I shouldn't have been checking, and the phone kept ringing and ringing and ringing. And I was like, all right, what is this? So I brought it to um, the the t- uh, the facilitator's attention that all of these distractions were coming up. And she said, well, there you go. There's your writing prompt. And it was like, ba-boom. Yes, what better skill would people need to know than how would – us two shamanic practitioners here. How do we deal with our own distractions when they just seem unrelenting and in our face? Yeah, that's that's a, a, a really important topic. And um, I, I'm getting quite distracted myself. Um, and I found that um, uh, I came back from a trip uh, just um, a few days ago and I had between mail and email and messengers and Facebook and trying to unpack, I I literally felt like I was losing my mind. I'm not the person I used to be who used to be able to do all this easily. And so I found myself in a real crisis because I would get so distracted. I I would start um, washing the floors of my closet. Um, because I just didn't know what to do. And so finally what I did was I followed the energy. And this is a shamanic tool that you can use. Um, I followed the energy of when I finished my floor, I asked myself, what was one thing that I could do, put something away, finish a project that I was on a deadline for? And I just said to myself, what has my attention right now? And I allowed, it was like a magnet. I just, I just did that. And so I spent the whole day yesterday, just letting my own inner magnet take me to what I wanted to do next. And I got everything done so that now I can do the writing that I want to be doing. But in real practical senses, following the energy is definitely a, a shamanic teaching because if you don't feel you have the energy to do something, you don't. <laughs> and you don't have the energy to do it well. <laughs> but um, but also uh, creating your space a little bit. Uh, because I've been so distracted, I am burning sage every single morning in my office, not just when... I have a talk or not just when I have something special to do. Let's come back to the world of spirit. This is the world I live in. Let's remember 
that I'm back in, in the world of spirit. So doing something like burning incense that says, oh, don't forget your spiritual work or something so simple as lighting a candle, which reminds you to do your spiritual work. Those are just little things that you can do that can help you break your distraction. Absolutely. And even just calling yourself out is <laughs> saying, hey, look at this, I'm distracted. And what I really want to be doing is this. But what I'm really doing is everything else but and saying, isn't that curious? Isn't well, you, you go ahead. <laughs> no, no, isn't that just curious? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to tell you, when I wrote Soul Retrieval, and, um, and so I'm going back to what you're talking about, Renee, because I, I know exactly where you're at. I lived in a, a tiny room where I saw six clients. I, um, I was traveling um, uh, 300 days a year, and I lived with a family, and they just gave me a, a bedroom uh, to, to work, uh, to live in. And when I wrote Soul Retrieval, I cannot tell you how clean everything was in that room. <laughs> and cleaned and polished and every stone was uh, in perfect condition. I wish I was back in that place again. I took care of everything, no matter what it was, did laundry, could never bring myself back to that seat to just sit back down in. And it's just, it, I realized it was a phase of the creative process of mm -hmm. that getting over the distraction. And uh, what I finally uh, landed on that worked for me, and again, it was back in the 1980s, I don't think I could do it now, was I would drink a cup of coffee and I would walk in a circle. And I would just walk in a circle until uh, the words came. If it was an hour, I walked in a circle for an hour. And I just walked until the words came. But uh, what you're describing, I, I did everything, absolutely everything I could do uh, in my room, on, on the property of the family I was living with. I took care of everything. I took care of every person on the planet before I <laughs> wrote my book. <laughs> that's good because maybe it's an important book that's coming through you know that you do all of the other stuff and I, you and i talked about it it's like you know where where you plug into that and then the words just come and you know really one of the things that i've also learned is that whenever i'm getting ready to do something that's going to be formidable there's always an equal or opposing opposition so if ever I'm going to have a really powerful ceremony, you know, I'm going to get tripped up somewhere along in the day. Someone's going to pull a little scammy on me or, and, and I think it's because that's how the universe flows. There's always that equal and opposing thing. So the distraction, the bigger the distraction, maybe the bigger the project you're trying to get to. Right now, my, I've decided that I don't need all these houses. So I'm selling my house. So my house has to be within 30 minutes of being shown at any given time, which for me, where I used to like to write is I used to like to, you know, lounge in my bed and have a big fat mess and everything out there. But, you know, the bed's got to be made. And so... <laughs> 
<laughs> all right, well, where else? You know, and it's like not even real. Like, why couldn't I just sit here at the table and type or sit outside in the nice sun and type? But you, you just get into these, um, they're almost like little patterns of things that we do. One of the things that I really believe helps with distraction is blowing your wind whistle because it's a self-soothing tool to bring you back in the present. So when you blow your whistle three times, you have to be in the present moment because the wind doesn't blow yesterday and the wind doesn't blow tomorrow. It might blow tomorrow, but wind is in the present. And so there's always that I can use or take taking a wind walk. And the other day I took a wind walk and I remembered a couple of years ago when you told us to befriend a tree. Mm-hmm. I think that was like in the, you know, our first year together. And, and like, so I was there to the tree. Wow. I haven't seen you in so long. And we had a really nice moment and it brought me back to the present and to the importance of, wow, the tree's done really good. Back back to our show on um, on how nature's thriving. This tree is like kind of healed up its woundedness and it's grown even stronger. So there's just these being in the present moment that really gets you back into, you know, into that moment of, okay, now where do I follow the energy next? Yeah, and one of the things I'm, I'm uh, noticing a lot is um, – uh, <clears throat> as far as distractions go is people are are starting and we're going to do another show that relates to this at another time. But I'm seeing that people are now starting to create real boundaries about um, because they are getting too distracted. And so is part of the distraction uh, different than what uh, Renee is talking about in writing a book and, all the things that go into that process where we're all creating all the time. We're all creating every day. And I'm watching people, especially in younger generations, and they're giving us um, uh, 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 quite a lot of inspiration that if something seems too much, you just say no. So people are starting to say no to projects or no to things so that they don't get so distracted and that they can do the work that they said yes to. Because we live in a culture where we don't say no. We, If something is presented to us that seems like an opportunity, we just plow through. And But that's not, that's not where the culture is going. If you look at and we we know we have a lot of younger people listening to to the show, and I know that you're talking about this. I hear you talking about this. You're just saying no to too much stress, and it's the stress that actually uh, affects our brains. And all of a sudden, we're so distracted because our brain is trying to figure out where am I supposed to be focusing right now. I I'm doing too many things at the same time. Mm -hmm. I've noticed uh, that for me, like, I think we've talked about it too, that as one of the things of of aging, that I used to be able to multitask like an unbelievable amount of things. And I still do pretty well. Um, You know, that IRS audit showed me how much that I had done in two years that was just unfathomable that a person would really consider that a normal day's work. 
And so I think part of getting undistracted is that's a word is to unwind enough to see like, wow, I was living at that intensity that allowed for this. You know, it never occurred to me until after being in this class one time is that it's okay to go turn my phone off for two hours. Like what happens if somebody can't reach me in, in, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes that I've become that I'm on this, I'm on the hook for an instant reply and I don't have to be. So I think that if you're feeling distracted, start to like maybe call out what is, what are these distractions? Like I was talking to my mom yesterday. I bought her a new iPad when I was there in the fall and I got her all set up with all her apps and everything. And so sure enough, she wasn't paying attention and updated the iPad and lost her Facebook. And she said to me, you know, I might not re-add the Facebook, she said, because really I just like to know what you and, you know, your sister and stuff are up to. And she said, but since I don't have Facebook, I've been reading more. Right. (laughs) And I think I like that better. And I'm thinking like, well, then how are you going to know what I'm doing, mom? (laughs) And I mean, picking up the phone and calling me. And she actually did because she didn't have her Facebook to know what was going on. So I think that, I think that we're going to see more and more people leaving social media in the coming years and getting back to their growing plants in the yard and really being present with what is really going on instead of what's going on for everybody else around the world. Yeah, I mean, I, I I I personally have been doing that, and it's been a very tricky pl- place for me because um, uh, a lot of my work demands me to be on social media, but I ruin my health being on social media. So uh, now I have to set a boundary of how long am I willing to be on social media, um, and. And the time has grown shorter, and not because um, not, not because of my health, or I feel that I need to do this for my health. It's that I'm trying to engage. Part of my healing right now is trying to actually engage in life. And Facebook—that's a place I go to when I need another distraction. <laughs> you know who's great for distractions? It's this one. Yeah. Like if I've been on the, like, uh, you know, if at night, if like here I'll be like trying to do something on my phone and she will like come headbutt the phone right out of my hand, like pet me, pet me, pet me, I'm more important. And so if you have an animal telling you that they're more important, and I can just imagine with all the parents and their kids and you see it in restaurants, nobody's talking to each other. Luckily, we have our animals to remind us to headbutt me off the phone because whenever she does it, I just have to laugh and and you know I'll be trying to juggle and hold her and do it, and it's like, no, put the put the put the phone down and pet the cat. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. that simple. Put the phone down, pet the cat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's really interesting, um, and uh, this is something that I'm just throwing out out of the blue in in that um, before we had uh, computers um, and, you know, going going back to when I was 
uh, more of a teenager, um, people didn't move to other places. So uh, you were always around your family and you were always around your community for better or for worse. It depends on what your experience was. And now we're spread out so much all over the planet that, you know, Facebook started as a way to keep people who were living in different places together to share photos and birthday parties and, and all that. But it turned into this monster that's eating uh, all of our attentions of what's going on. And I'm seeing the same thing with Facebook as I'm seeing happens to my workshops. My workshops, my in-person workshops are really intense just because we work really long hours. And I give the group a long break in the afternoon to be in nature, to take a nap, to take care of yourself so you can be fresh for the next session. But I also set up something in the meeting room so that people have something to do if they don't have something to do. And it's amazing how people who are desperate for a nap or desperate for something will not leave that room to take care of themselves because they think they're missing something. Mm. And so I'm bringing this back to Facebook because I think one of the things that starts happening is as people start leaving social media, what am I missing? Am I missing cru crucial information that I, I need to know about somebody or something going on in the world? But, but um, the positive thing, I can only speak to my experiences, it brings me back into the present world because uh, Facebook is not in the present world. It's, it's, it's on the Internet. It's some being. It's, it's a being that I, I don't know. And I want to be in the land of the trees and I want to be in the land of my plants and I want to be lighting candles and I want to be lighting sage. And I completely stopped doing that when I just let Facebook swallow me up. And so I had to set a boundary that this was too much. It was a distraction that didn't feel good because it was taking me away from from my destiny. My life is about lighting sage and lighting <laughs> candles and shaking a rattle or, or blowing a wind whistle. And I stopped doing it because I had no time because uh, social media was always calling me, always calling me. It was part of my work. It was part of what I have to do. And so it's a challenge because I want to be an inspiration to people on Facebook but I also want to take care of myself at the same time. And that goes along with Instagram, which I'm now trying to get into Instagram. <laughs> but, you know, it's all a distraction. So we really have to think about how much we want to live in the present and engage in life as it is on a daily basis. Absolutely. I, when I used to drink in my 20s, that I always thought that I stayed in the bar for 12 hours because I was going to miss something. And when you said that, it brought back that memory of like what I might be missing and, you know, or, and I realized afterwards that was kind of a self-centered idea, like that I was going to miss something that was so important that was happening in a bar room. And now here we are, you know, 35 years later on social media thinking we're going to miss something. You know what? 
my spirit is strong enough that if it wants me not to miss something, the meteor is going to fall from the sky and hit me in the head. And, you know, because some of the things that happen in my life, there's just no explaining. And I, I probably wouldn't have missed them because it wasn't, spirit wasn't going to let me miss them. But if I'm distracted, the meteor fell on the foot to my right or to my left because I did miss it. So there's be, be with your spirit this week and see what comes up. Yeah. See, just, um, you know, Renee brought up a, a beautiful point of, um, of really realizing that she wanted to be in the present moment. And that's what life is about. And that's part of our growth. That's actually a big part of our growth is learning how to be in the present with what's coming up and learning how to stay completely present because that's how energies transform where we keep running. How much can we scatter our energy so we don't have a way to bring our energy together to transform? So it's just something to think about. I know how, um, I, I know how passionate people are about uh, social media and, um, and if this is your passion, you should do it, but we're bringing up distractions. So does social media feed you on a level where you feel that you're staying completely present with life? And if it's not social media, think about other things. What other distractions, TV, drugs, alcohol, food, what, what are you doing to distract yourself from the present moment? And this is a very big, uh, this is a very big part of shifting consciousness and changing frequencies. So it's, it's a big, it's a big topic, Renee. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think I'm going to sit with that this week and really look to, and I'm going to go back to the writing workshop and turn off everything this week and see if I have a different experience. So what are you going to turn off this week to see if you have a different experience? Not us. <laughs> subscribe you're gonna listen to us and then turn off <laughs> That's it. Then turn off and think about it and, and transform your life into a beautiful way so thank you everyone we love you <laughs> <laughs>